Behind every bit of mom wisdom is a story. A story of a real mom and real kids just trying to love each other well. Whether you're cozied up on the couch with a mug of coffee, pulling out of car line and heading to work, or out for a walk, you're welcome to join us as we share stories and laugh, learn, and grow together. It's the I'm On Podcast. Welcome to this week's episode of the I'm On Podcast. The crew today, Abby, Chloe, Susan, and today's storyteller is Megan. It's called, My Husband Has a Life and I Don't. Megan's very disgruntled. Um, so yeah, Megan's a storyteller. And at the time of recording this podcast, she's just a couple months from having baby number two. But I think after talking this over with you a little bit, Megan, I do think that this situation kind of carries into past the newborn stage. So tell us what's going on. Definitely. So I have um, a toddler who is soon to be three and I will have a newborn in just a couple months. And we were talking about this the the other day, my husband and I, because we're kind of going through our schedule for the next year and well, for the remainder of the year, not for the next year, excuse me, for the remainder of the year. Um, just because with having a newborn, we're trying to figure out our, our plans and childcare and everything like that. And as we're going through it, I came to find out that he has a number of social engagements planned for the remainder of the year. And I was just kind of laughing because I'm like, did you forget that we're having another human coming <laughs> in the next couple months? Um, and, you know, we, we, live up in DC. We don't have family close by. Uh, we have some awesome friends, but it's not the same as family where you can just, you know, dump your kids with them. <laughs> and so, um, I was like, you know, you have some pretty big social engagements. One was a, a whole golf weekend. Another is running the New York city marathon, a couple work trips, different things like that. So I was just kind of like panicking in my head, like, okay, I'm going to be at home with two kids by myself, mm-hmm. a newborn and a toddler. Great. I'm also recording this today because I'm home with our toddler. We are both sick um, while he is at work. And so <laughs> it's, it's kind of just the stage of life that we're in, I think, when you know you have a newborn and a toddler. With a newborn, you are are kind of the primary caretaker for them because you have to feed them if you're breastfeeding, and and you just play a larger role. And I think it's just kind of the stage of life. Whereas our older son, he's a toddler and he's a little bit more self sufficient. And my husband can is starting to be able to do activities and different things with him, but because of my work schedule, my flexibility, I just tend to be at home with them more. And I think it's just kind of the stage of life. But I went on a little girl's trip this past weekend and we only went away for one night and we planned it because our husbands had gone away for a whole three-day weekend and (laughs) we just wanted to like have one night away. But we were laughing because we almost didn't all make it because, you know, it was just, there was a number of things that came up and we finally all got there and we were just like, oh my gosh, like this took an act of Mm -hmm. God for us all to get here Mm -hmm. for 24 hours. And we were all getting, you know, multiple calls from our husbands and it was just (laughs) like, you couldn't relax. (laughs) It was just like comical. Um, But we're all kind of in that stage of life where we have little ones and we're kind of the primary caretakers. And I don't want to resent my husband for doing fun things because I want him to go do these fun things and be able to do them. But I also feel like I am the extrovert and I miss the kind of my social life and really want to have fun things planned. At the same time, you know, I have to plan for six weeks of recovering from having a baby and whatnot. Yeah. I remember like in the middle of the night, since I also breastfed, it's like I, I let my husband sleep 
you know, some people are like, oh, I'm getting up, you're getting up. And make, they make their husband get up and change a diaper or whatever. But I was like, I don't know why we should both be tired. Like, I'll get right. up, I'll feed the baby, I'll change his diaper, I'll burp him, and then I'll put him back down and we'll go back to sleep for a few hours. So that was always like, you don't want him to stay home and for you both to be home together if he can go. But then there's also... Right. Like something great about solidarity. And I think there's a difference between you can sleep at 2 a.m. versus you can go on a week-long golf trip, you know? And he's a super hands-on dad and helps out really wherever he can. It's almost just kind of the nature of being a mom, it I've is. come to realize, is there's only so much he can do. Susan, do you feel like looking at Megan and her life now compared to when you were a new mom, you know, 30 years ago, mm -hmm. how do you feel... Obviously, gender roles have changed a little bit. Dads are more involved. M my mom always says, your father never changed a diaper. Every time she sees my dad, mm -hmm. like she saw my dad change my boy's diapers, she's like, he's making up for lost time because he never changed your diapers yeah. when you guys were little. How do you think it compares? So I had some really good friends who who modeled this well for me, who, whose kids were older than ours. And so I learned from them. And the hard thing is, yes, when they're itty bitty, like Megan's about to have a newborn, because you're nursing or whatever, you are a little more primary and probably you even get more maternity leave than your husband gets paternity because that's your because you're recovering and nursing and then you have that bonding time. And so when they're little, yes, this is the nature of the situation. You are the primary, but it is a season. And what I saw modeled for me and a couple of friends who um, had older kids is there came this time when I watched, they purposefully shifted and created times like one of my friends would go out of a town and I would go, gosh, you, you're going out of town. She took, oh, she planned trips and she said, no. My girls are independent now. You know, they're older. When I say independent, they were still little elementary, but he can handle this. It's good for him. It's good for them to depend on him mm -hmm. and realize they don't always have to come to me because they've had unique opportunities where they alone have been under the care of their father. And so it leveled it a little. I think um, I stayed home more. So I quit when Megan was born and I didn't go back to work for a while. And because of that, my kids depended on me more. You know, when I did go back to work, I did have to start shifting. Mark was a very involved parent. He did change diapers. He did watch kids on the weekends for me when I went to the store because I was not going to take them all with me. Yeah. <laughs> so preset. In this little season, you can't when they're little. It's hard. See, I think that what ends up happening is, yes, moms are needed more than dads when the child is an infant. But then... You fall into these roles and these right. habits that, you know, like you said, they don't come out of and it becomes it, that those roles stick around long after the baby is out of the baby stage. And, you know, I think it's true that when a mom leaves the house, whether it's to go out with friends, to go for a night away, even to go grab coffee, she has like a little checklist and she has to check mm -hmm. with dad. And in most cases, I think. He has to say, okay, well, make sure they do this and make sure they do this and make sure they do that. Whereas a dad, I feel like dad can just get up and go and be like, all right. Yeah. Because he knows everything will be taken care of. Yeah. Well, and one of the girls I was at the weekend with said, why does it feel like for us, it's just our job, but for our husbands, it's babysitting, quote unquote, babysitting. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Well, there is that, like I said, training where you start to, as they get a little bit older, you're not nursing anymore and they can, you make those pointed times where you do go away. And, but, but in the beginning, you do have to leave the list like you would lit if your mother-in-law or your mother was coming to watch, you know, they don't do this regularly until it is regular, until they do know the drill and you can just get up on a Saturday and go because they know soccer's at this time and kids do have to eat lunch. Don't forget to feed them. Yeah, I think we we do. I think we bring it on ourselves because I do think that we feel like we need to leave a list. And yes, if there is an appointment or whatever, but if we don't leave a list, I don't think the house is going to fall apart. Correct. I don't think the kids are going to break. So by leaving the list, I think we're just telling our husbands, I don't trust you or I need to micromanage this or, you know, I need to control everything in this situation. So two things on that. There were times when I didn't leave Mark, but I'd say, you know, even to the child, okay, you have to do this work on this project. Of course, they know dad's watching. Dad doesn't mm-hmm. know they need their project. Mm-hmm. So if you don't leave a list, don't come home. And then if your expectations haven't met, get mad at your husband because he didn't know that the project was yeah. due. Yeah. So if you do, there are. it is very fun to just let them have a free day with dad, yeah. whatever. That's great. But then don't have the expectation that when you come home, what you normally would have done would have been accomplished. That's right. If there are nuances of things that have to get done, write it down because the kids aren't going to tell them. Yeah. yeah. When, Chloe had asked me earlier if like how I feel when I leave my husband home alone with the boys. And so he's their stepdad. And I said, you know, I love it. I think it's great because they just, it doesn't happen very often since I only have the kids half the time. I rarely do anything outside the house when they're with me. I can schedule all my like meetings at church or things like that for nights that they're not with me. Um, But in the rare occasion that I do, I'm like, all right, guys, you're on your own tonight. What are you going to do? And the boys are trained. They're like, we're going to sit on the couch without our shirts on. And we're going to, and then they say <laughs> a bad word for passing gas. Because like, that's the plan is like, the, it's just the boys. You know, the even boys. the dog's a boy. Yeah. But now when they go to your ex-husband's house, do you have to give him a list? Or does he oh, kind of no, know? No. He knows I mean, what they, has to be done. Yeah, he knows the homework. And, yeah, we've, we've got that down pat. So yeah. fortunately. But see, he's been left alone and he mm-hmm. knows it now. Well, and he I has think a wife. that's the training. And yeah. he has a wife that helps <laughs> oh, with no. that too. Yeah, so. <laughs> no, he's a good, he's a very, he's a, he's not an in the dark dad. So that's good. We had an article. Um, you remember the whole, like, I, I'm not going to thank my husband for babysitting controversy that came out a couple years ago. We actually had a writer respond to that. And she said, here are five reasons you should thank your husband for watching the kids. And it rubs some readers the wrong way because they basically said, I'm not going to thank him for doing what he is supposed to do as the father of these children. And the writer, her point was, we could all stand to show a little bit more gratitude in our relationships, you know, whatever it is. But specifically in this case, I'm going to thank my husband because I'm grateful that he is who he is. And because he's a good dad, I do get to go out with friends or I do get a moment to myself. Um, and but still, some people like Megan, your friend, didn't you? You said that she said I'm not going to thank him for babysitting. No, we were just all talking about how you know with us, it's part of our job. But for our husbands, it's ba- it's quote unquote babysitting. Mm-hmm. It's so it's, question Megan when Hampton goes out of town for like the golf, whatever. Will he thank you for for letting him go or for 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 you yes. staying home? He will. So he thanks he you does. for watching yes. your children when he's not there. It's the yes. same thing to me. 
It's just like, yeah. okay, he's grateful that you're letting him go do something. Well, if you go do something and he stays home, thank him. I still think that there is a different feeling behind him saying thank you to you and you saying thank you to him. Because it feels like less of an option for women. Mm-hmm. Depending on the stage. Or that he carried a heavier burden yeah. by being home alone with them. Uh, Mark was really fair with me. Um Though I didn't really ever feel like that, that I was asking him to babysit. It was more like conquer and divide. Mm, yeah. <gasps> okay, Saturday morning, I have to go to Sam's Club. I have to go here. I have to go here. You've got to watch the kids because if I'll never get it all done unless yeah. you do. So here's a beef that I have, actually. Why are hobbies that guys do, why do they take up so much more time? Yeah. Like hunting, <laughs> That's fishing, what I was golfing. <laughs> well, and Is when that like a big conspiracy by guys? Well, and- and and when women are watching the kids, it's to go get things done, done. like go to the grocery store and stuff, not like go play golf. Yeah. yeah. My mom has this story. Um, it totally blew me away when she told me because I have two older brothers. And when my oldest brother was a baby, she was pregnant with my second brother and she was really, really sick. And my oldest brother, Josiah, was sick. And my mom was like throwing up and just feeling terrible. And my dad like poked his head in and was like, hey, I'm going to go uh, play some tennis. Is that okay? My mom was like, absolutely not. not. <laughs> like, it's not okay. But she told me that she learned that she kind of just enabled him mm-hmm. to go do those hobbies when my brother was a baby. And so on the second child, she's like, I'm not doing this again. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I came around, my dad was like, not just running out and playing tennis. Like, so, but she did, she did tell me like it was a major shift in her being like, no, I'm actually not okay with you doing that. Like, can you help me? And then we'll figure out a time that works for both of us. Yeah. I always thought, cause my ex-husband golfed um, and my dad golfed. So I grew up with, I don't know if they call it a golf widow, like they call it a hunting widow, you know, like we're, he's gone, but I, that's how I grew up with my dad golfing a lot of Saturday mornings. Um, so I was used to it and I always envisioned that my boys would golf yeah. someday and that's kind of how they would then bond and have that time together. So that's kind of how I justified it. Mm-hmm. But I do like kind of in response to what you said, Megan, I do think it's funny when mom's like, I got some free time and got to run errands. I'm like, mm, yeah. mm, okay. <laughs> that's so great for you. <laughs> I mean, well, I do like we running talking- errands, but... We were actually talking about this the other day because, um, you know, his hobbies are running and playing golf and a number of other things. And I used to have hobbies. I used to play tennis. Um, in fact, my in-laws just got me a really nice tennis racket, but I'm laughing because I can't play tennis probably for the next at least six months. Like I'm not, I can barely move around the house, let alone like run around a court, but I'm just, uh, it's just, it's, it's just funny to me. And my husband was great. He was like, go do something fun. Like, don't feel like you have to go do errands. And I'm like, I just felt even worse. Cause I was like, I don't have any hobbies anymore. I can't. So is this a season when your kids are really little or is it permanent? And I think that's where the conversation mm. has to happen with the husband. You know, what? I'm in the season right now where I can't do these things, but I appreciate you know, like if you're talking to Hampton, that you want me to go do something, can you hold that thought for six months and bring it back so I can go do (laughs) things? And remember that I may at that time need to really get out and develop some hobbies or some tennis Mm -hmm. partners and give me more time then. It's just, there's seasons and baby Mm -hmm. seasons. Or in the case of, I have a friend who had a critically um, handicapped child and the child lived 13 years. And I'll tell you, for those 13 years, my friend was tied 
to that child. In fact, you want to talk about getting out. Her husband finally said, you need to go spend time with your friends. And she went on a weekend with her friends. And on the first night that she was out, her husband had been changing the child, even though the child was like eight years old. The child was, like I said, severely handicapped and tube fed and, you know, um, changing the child on the bed, turned to do something. The child rolled off and was in a body cast for six weekends. And if you've ever had a child in a body cast, you will know how just horrid it is. And so my friend said, I just realized I really can't. And it wasn't her husband's fault. He was following her protocol and it was a pretty strict protocol. My point is, it was a season of life for her that she was called to and she accepted that I got and she did it beautifully. She called it her child spa, you know, because her child mm-hmm. constantly had to have all these medical routines and she served that sweet girl faithfully. She's not in that season anymore, but but and she does... She travels and she does lots of things. But when you have babies, if you if you love children, you want children, you're called to that season. Um, embrace it. Love it. Don't bemoan what you're giving up. But know and talk to your husband about maybe a settling of accounts or mm-hmm. you're never going to be equal. It's never yeah. going to be equal. Kids often rely a little bit more on their moms than their dads. But um, know that there's it's a season. It'll come to an end and you can do other things. And keep in mind what you want to do. I kind of lost a little what I want to do. Um, My husband was in a similar situation to your friend. I mean, his two children before me um, have cystic fibrosis and his daughter passed away from it. And she, for her whole life, her whole 22 years, she was in and out of the hospital. And so they couldn't really make plans. They And he says now he's a very social person. He can get along with anybody. He can talk to anyone. Um, but he doesn't have a lot of friends. Mm. He's like, I just never was able to make relationships because we'd get thrown in the hospital at, mm. um, you know, just randomly. And so I get that. I think that, and that applies to whoever the main caregiver is yeah. for mm-hmm. the, the child. But I think that a lot of women end up suffering in silence, mm-hmm. sort of like they don't tell their husbands, they don't want to go anywhere because they're tired or because right. they do love being with their children. Mm-hmm. But they also wish that they had the energy. They wish that they had the hobby mm-hmm. and they feel bad complaining about it because I love my children and mm-hmm. I don't want to look like I don't want to be with my children. Of course, mm-hmm. I want to be with my children, but I'm human and I need time away. So I think maybe that's part of it, too, is being honest with him. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing that saved me because it got me out and it got me with women is doing a Bible study fellowship mm-hmm. or a small group at church yeah. because it was every week. Mark knew ahead of time I was going. Right. And so it was planned. And would you call that a hobby? Yes, I called it a hobby. I got to go out and be with women for three hours and talk to them about important things. So it checked all these boxes. I was spending time learning about God. I was spending time with other women. I was making mm-hmm. friends and my closest friends came out of that Bible study fellowship, my Beach Haven group that we became closest. So I do think there's creative ways to do it if you kind of stick to it and figure out what you want to do. So here's one more thing I want to chat about. Megan, is James partial to one of you? Does he like, does he behave differently? Funny at different points in the day. So at (laughs) night, he is very adamant about me putting him to bed. I don't know why. Um, But about mid-afternoon, when he gets up from his nap, all he wants is is Hampton and his teachers laugh because every day when I pick him up from school, the first thing he says to me is, where's Dada? Like, oh, not like, hey, thanks for picking me up. <laughs> so um, there's very specific times, mm. but he 
likes both of us to be around, to be honest. So it just kind of depends. I have a friend who one day she was telling me, she's like, I feel like I can't leave the house because the kids misbehave with him. Like they're, and I'll come home and he's frazzled because they are wild and crazy. And it's interesting. Like, I I don't know if the kids felt like they could manipulate him or maybe he's easier, you know, he, he won't punish or something like that. But I just really found that to be I, I, that was not my case. It's not the case with my kids either. I mean, they know that either way they're going to get, they're yeah. going to get the same consequence. But maybe you have a shared set of consequences or rules yeah. or, you know, cause I know when we used to go away for, we talked about this one episode. I think when you go away and you leave your kids with your yeah. parents or something and then oh, yeah. it's like boot camp when you come back, all the rules are gone yeah. and you got to get them yeah. back in order. It's the same thing. If your husband doesn't have the same rules then it's kind of hard. So what's your plan then, Megan? What are you going to do? So (laughs) that's a great question. So I, like I said, I am an extrovert. My husband is an extroverted introvert, meaning he recharges by himself, but he does like to be social. I just want to be around people 24 seven, which is difficult because I work from home. But what if the people are just under two feet tall? I'm still a person. Um, No, she is FOMO. She is bad FOMO. Yeah, sorry. Adult (laughs) people. Um, And so I have been making very, a very intentional effort to, plan things with friends and with other people. The the tough thing that I have found is because we all have little kids, it's just hard with schedules Mm -hmm. uh, to get all on the same page. But even if it's just getting out and I don't know, doing anything, really anything. So I'm just trying to to do my best. And like Susan said, understand that it is a season and that once I have the second baby, it'll probably be another season of not being able to do a whole lot, but that seasons come to an end. And I have to say, I was looking back at videos and pictures of when my first was a little baby. And I just, it makes me so sad Mm -hmm. because it goes by Mm -hmm. so fast. So I'm trying to mentally remember that this will go by so fast and I need to enjoy it now as it is and enjoy my time with them because one day they'll be gone. Well, my, um, in my group of friends, all the girls that like either went to high school and then college with, or we started hanging out in college, the one who had the first baby. So of course this baby was the one that everybody like fawned all over because it was the first one. Um, I got a thing in the mail yesterday and it was a request to send a letter to put in his envelope for his graduation. Mm. And so I texted my friend. Uh. I was like, I kind of thought this was like a chain letter at first. (laughs) Like it was (laughs) trifolded and it was on red paper. And I said, and then I realized it was for our first baby's graduation. Like, and she's like, I can't even talk about it. I can't Mm. even talk about it. So yeah, yeah, it does. Well, it's a struggle between wanting to be who you used to be and have that social life and do all the things you used to do and have that freedom versus the joy of now being a parent and enjoying that time because it'll soon pass as well. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing I just thought of is we've probably lost all the single moms in this conversation because they're like, oh, well, I don't know if I have a, you know, but I will say thinking of them, you know, just kudos to you if you don't have a backup to even get out on a Saturday morning to go to Sam's Club because it's tough. I think for a lot of the single moms, it becomes their mom that steps in. But if they don't live by their mom. Yeah, that's definitely tough. Hard today. So tell us what season you're in and how you deal with uh, hobbies and free time and social lives. How do you divide it up? Tell us via the link in the show notes. And you can also find links to all the stuff we talked about in today's show. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening to the iMom podcast. iMom is the motherhood program of the nonprofit organization Family First. Along with our fatherhood program, All Pro Dad, we exist to help you love your family well. 
Subscribe to our daily email, the iMom Minute, by going to imom.com slash subscribe and get tons of great ideas, insight, and inspiration. The iMom Podcast is hosted and produced by Abby Watts, along with Susan Merrill, Megan Tigner, and Chloe Blumenthal. Edited by Isaiah Gunther.